You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's Let's ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, Dodgers fans? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We are powered by Fansided. Dodgers Way Fansided is where you can also read Dodgers content. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are 53-29. and 29. We are now a game past the halfway point. This season is just flying by. The Dodgers are a season best, 24 games above 500. They, they are about to be either still six or seven games ahead of the Padres, as that game is still going on against the Giants as we are recording. Tony Gonsolin picks up his 11th victory against the Chicago Cubs Thursday evening. He ties a record with Alex Wood not that long ago, back in 2017, when Alex Wood also went 11-0 before the All-Star break. Tony Gonsolin has potentially one more opportunity to break that record and go 12-0, like we talk about him every week, he's been absolutely dealing. He has a 162 ERA on the season, an 080 whip, a 157 opponent batting average against. He went seven strong innings. He was in cruise control against the Cubs, gave up just a single two-run home run to Christopher Morrell. But other than that, no real trouble for Gonsolin. Mookie Betts had two home runs against the Chicago Cubs. He is now up to 20 home runs, the only Dodger to have 20 home runs thus far this season batting 277 on the season with a 915 OPS. He's been pretty productive ever since being activated off the IL. Justin Turner also hit his eighth home run. We'll probably get into him in a little bit of just how hot he's been. And then a little flair for the dramatics with Craig Kimbrell. We got a number of fan questions regarding him, but he was not able to complete the ninth inning. He had to be pulled after 31 pitches, got into some trouble, gave up a run, but Alex Fessia, showed off his big nutsack, got the save for the Dodgers. Dodgers hold on and win. David Rosenthal, what are your takeaways from the Dodgers? They beat the Cubs tonight. They got three more to go. They swept the Rockies, and they won three or four against the San Diego Padres, winning eight of their last nine games. Yeah, my takeaways are pretty simple. The starting pitching has been absolutely electric, and they're finally getting contributions from the middle of the order. Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, and Max Muncy. That, that has been the difference for this Dodgers team. You've noticed 
even when watching the games, how the games feel way less stressful as a fan. They feel Mm -hmm. like the Dodgers are in control. And that's because the entire lineup is contributing. It's not just the top heavy three and then Gavin Lux at the bottom. It's pretty much the whole lineup. Uh, Can't say enough about the starting pitching. Obviously Mitch White pitched awesome. Pepio pitched good. Uh, And then the the usual suspects have been, have been electric as well. Kershaw, uh, the game they lost. Uh, Everybody's been well, everybody's been pitching awesome. And that that's kind of what it comes down to. There's a couple injuries in the bullpen that are kind of worrisome uh chris taylor obviously is going to be out for a while but they have the pieces to to keep stacking wins together and that's what they've been doing the dodgers starting staff has been the best in baseball they have a 264 era on the season that's a half run better than the next best team which is the new york yankees jake reiner get in on the fun what are your thoughts on the dodgers play any players any takeaways i i agree with what david was saying although there have been there have been nights where they just cannot for the life of them score a run when they need to or you know hit with runners in scoring position however they do get the runs that they need to win the game and thus the pitching has been the story of this year as it was last year not only the starting rotation which has been great but the bullpen as well and we've talked about all year about how the, the Dodgers bullpen, uh, you know, has been struggling with injuries, the trine in one. Uh, we saw Grotterall go out. Um, Kimbrell was down for a couple of days. Daniel Hudson's out for the season. Um, Caleb Ferguson's been injured here and there. I mean, the list goes on and on about these Tommy guys. Canely. That, Tommy Canely, who was supposed to be a guy we could rely on. He, we can't rely on him. But what's, what's been great is that this bullpen has held, held true and they've, stepped up you know the nc almonte amantes of the world um the uh, evan phillips's of the world vessia coming in with a huge strikeout to uh clean up craig kimbrell's mess i mean it is quite remarkable when you consider the dodgers are the best team in the national league and have arguably one of the worst closers in baseball um it is uh, it is a remarkable thing that that they've been able to do this without craig kimbrell being really effective. I mean, he's been so ineffective and he's given up a ton of runs. It's a lot of traffic on the bases all the time. Super heart attack. I mean, you got to think right with a three run lead against the Chicago Cubs who the Dodgers should be steamrolling every night. They had a comfortable lead. You think that is a, that should be a cruise that you should have just cruised right through. He got the first two outs real quick, but man, but what, what are we doing? Um, you know, and, and again, you know, I know that they had, we, we saw a little, little dinky fly ball to right field that, you know, Mookie Betts has been instructed not to die for things. And maybe that would have been a different outcome had he been able to dive for it. But at any rate, um, you have a three run lead against the Cubs. You got to get that shit done. Well, he got the first two strikeouts, no problem. And then Ian Happ got on board and then he completely rattled quickly. You could argue that a healthy Mookie Betts does make that catch. But at the end of the day, Kimbrell still has to get the outs. He did not. Uh, he has a 482 ERA now on the season, a whip of still like one and a half. Uh, and then we didn't really talk about that Padres game, but I mean, the Dodgers were winning one nothing the entire game up until the ninth inning. And then Kimbrell allowed um, a base runner. And then eventually Luke Voigt hit a deep double off what was nearly a home run. That blew the save. The Dodgers ended up losing that game. 
thankfully I felt like, I felt like the offense let them down in that game. They had so many opportunities to score and they just couldn't push a run across. Uh, I get it that they were up one nothing and you'd like to be able to have your closer come in with a one run lead and shut the door, but you know, um yeah, you you know what you know what Kimbrel's you know going to give you and so you got to give him at least three two to three runs of cushion. Well, then that's that's not a good closer because no, I don't it's ca- not. I don't care what the score is. If it's one nothing or eight to seven, if your ninth inning guy comes in with a one run lead and he's getting paid big bucks, he has to shut down the door. Yeah. When when it gets to the postseason, scoring runs is not. It's it's the it's really hard. It's not like the regular season. They're going to be facing the best of the best pitchers. There are going to be games where it's a one run game. You got to have your guys in there that you know can get three outs without giving up a run. All right, David, your rebuttal. So I don't think he's been that bad. I really don't. He's blown three saves on the year. Not that crazy happens for closers. He's not, you know, a top three closer in baseball. He's not the worst closer in baseball either. And I'm going to tell you why his batting average on balls in play this year is 397. That basically means when anybody puts the ball in play, there's a 40% chance it's going to be a hit. That is insane that that ranks if he's not a qualified pitcher because he hasn't had enough innings but if he was qualified that would be the highest batting average batting average on balls in play percentage in baseball so that's going to come back down to earth to give you some to give you some context for for those who aren't too familiar with the stat last year his batting average on balls in play was 243 this year it's 397 that's there's going to be a regression to the mean in that department at some point this year. And well, let me saw ask that- you this. Are, hold on before you continue about that. So are these balls that are being put in play? Are they, are they being hit hard or not hard? I mean, it, you, you saw the one today, you saw the bloop and no, right I field. know I saw that one today. I'm just saying that like, you know, usually when you talk about bath, it's like, you know, we talk about it with Will Smith all the time. The guy, you know, hits the shit out of the ball and it goes right right to the fielder. So are we just, talking just from watching most of the games, I can say that it is a lot of soft contact with the exception of that Luke Voigt double that was 110 off the bat. Yeah. So there's going to be, you know, hard hits every now and again, but there's also been, a, you know, that, that, that rate is extremely uncommon. Uh, I mean, you, you just don't see that he's, he's in the, he's in the bottom half on hard hit percentage uh, on baseball savant. So yes, there's some hard hit, uh, hard hit balls against him, but that just, it just can't continue. And when that, when that Babbitt goes down to, you know, average, which is around 300 or something, you're going to be, you're going to feel more comfortable with him and it's going to go back down. That just can't continue. That's just not yeah, how it works. My, my biggest issue is the control. I, I just feel like he has no idea where the ball's going and he well, just, and he, and he, and he, and there's so many three ball counts and so many walks. The problem, t- the problem is he, he always has control of one pitch, but he hasn't usually had control of both pitches recently. That's what I was going to say. Doesn't it seem like his knuckle curve just hasn't been on this season and he's mostly fastball dependent. Yes. But when the knuckle curve is on, he can't locate the fastball. So obviously (laughs) there's something, you know, not clicking there. And I think he's very close to a, some kind of a tweak where he can get back on track. And like I said before, he hasn't been that bad. The ERA, not great. Uh, The results mixed bag. But I think a lot of people are kind of over-exaggerating the level of failure he's had this year. I think what people are nervous about, if I could say, 
is we know this Dodgers team is going to the playoffs. And if we're seeing this now, if, and if this happens in the playoffs, like Kevin was talking about earlier, this is a big deal. So this is a, this is what Dodgers fans are reacting to, which is, Oh my God, what is going to happen in the postseason when this guy freaking comes out of the bullpen and we just fought hard. Let's say we fought hard to come back against the Braves and we finally get a lead. And then Kimball comes in and blows it in the ninth. Like that's, that is what I feel like most Dodgers fans are reacting to. Yeah. And that's fair. Uh, I mean, we saw that happen in the 2020 world series with Kenley Jansen before they kind of put him on the shelf. Uh, and that's, you know, it's, that's, that's going to be a normal reaction for anybody. But if you think the Dodgers aren't going to add at least one reliever at the trade deadline, you, you haven't been paying attention. And I'm not saying he's going to close. And, you know, we saw it with, with Jansen last year, who has been the all time best Dodgers closer in history. When it came time to it, Dave Roberts put him on the shelf for the ninth inning. He took him out of that role when it mattered most. For 2020? So, yes, for 2020. Okay. Uh, I think you so, said last year. Sorry, for 2020. Uh, so, look, it, there's half a season left, and they're not just going to throw Kimbrell in the trash. They're going to see what can see what happens. Uh, if he's worth holding on to, if he's worth pitching in the ninth inning, they'll keep him. And if he's not, they won't. I'm noticing course, a theme here where Kimbrell is struggling against his former teams. Tonight, yeah. he was a Cub, struggled. He used to be a Padre, blew the save, and he was a Atlanta Brave. He blew the save against that in that Kenley blown save game as well. Yep. Well, that was kind of unfair also because it started the runner on second. That one I'm not as critical on him about. We actually did have a couple questions about Kimbrel, so I'll just get them in there now. We've kind of already dived deep, but Zimzy, our pal, with his funny uh, – liners here if that line drive he's referring to the padres game where kimbrell took a line drive off the back if that line drive means kimbrell has to miss significant time how many dodgers fans will want to buy eric hosmer a steak dinner (laughs) i'm too many than you know too many of them honestly like i said he hasn't been that bad he has not been consistent and he has not been calming but he hasn't been that bad I, I tend to agree more I'm with shocked, David. I'm, I'm uh, shocked you have that opinion, David. I'm shocked. He's he's close, okay? He's close to putting it together. He really me, is. If this was Kenley Jansen, how would you feel? The same. If Kenley no, Jansen... No, is, you would not. I would. You think I have more loyalty to Craig Kimbrell than Kenley Jansen? No. No, I don't. Ken, I, I, Kenley not, Jansen last year also had a ridiculously high batting average of balls in play. It's funny that, you know, we, we get rid of that closer and get another one who's basically kind of mimicking Kenley Jansen's season last year. Aside from those few weeks in the middle of July or whatever against, against the Giants, aside from those outings, Kenley Jansen was as dominant of a closer as anybody yeah, in baseball. After, after those outings, no, yes. But, but no, even before and entering, after. Entering the All-Star break, he was probably an All-Star, but they gave it to Mark Melanson for some reason. Jansen had like a two ERA. He he was for sure better than Kimbrel has been thus far, but in terms of luck, if you want to call it, with batting average of balls in play and where the ball's going off the bat, it's been pretty similar. He's keeping it in the yard. I'll give him that. Could be worse. He could be serving up the long ball. From on Twitter at dubquacker7, gut feeling on what the team does with Kimbrel. Are we stuck 
or will we stick with him through the season? Will we find an upgrade or try to find different guys in the clubhouse? I know we've touched a lot about this already. So I guess let's just wrap it up. Final thoughts on Kimbrell, because I'd like to move on. Craig Kimbrell is kind of like what Nelson Cruz is to the DH. It's like you can't play him anywhere else. He has to be a DH if you want him in the lineup. With Craig Kimbrell, if you want him out there, he's got to pitch the ninth. He's he's you think he's bad in the ninth inning now? Put him in the eighth. See what happens. And we've seen that story yeah. happen before, and you just can't do that. So if they remove him from the ninth, if they say you're not the closer anymore, and we're going to some sort of closer by committee, or we make a trade for someone and make that guy the closer, I think that's the end of Craig Kimbrell. I don't think you're going to see him in other high leverage spots. It just doesn't make sense. He's not been good doing that ever. It's kind of sad that David Price is doing better than Kimbrell right now. And I know that probably pisses David off, but no, no, but, but you're not putting David Price in the same situations as yeah. you are Kimbrell. You're not putting David Price in the ninth inning. We're not putting him in the ninth inning, but he's coming in some one and two run leads recently. And he's closed the door. He's on been his better. assignment. He has, he has he's been better. Yeah, I think he's got like eight innings going where he hasn't given up a run. So he heard me I, shit talking him and he's <laughs> like, shit, I better fucking put it in the gear. The reverse slander. Yeah. I still feel like he's walking a very thin, tight rope, but he finds a way to stick around. This will make Jake happy. Justin Turner up to a 246 batting average. Mentioned he hit his eighth home run against the Cubs in the first game of the series. He's got four home runs over his last eight games. Over the past week, he's got like a 458 batting average and OPS flirting with the 1200 range. I think, what was it? The date was like June 16th or something or something along those lines. He was hitting 212, I want to say. Now he's up to 246. He's been the hottest hitter, I think, behind Juan Soto, I heard on the broadcast tonight. Oh, how the tables have turned, my friends. <laughs> I am so happy that Justin Turner has decided to validate me every single day. This is this is like Christmas because I'll tell you something. A lot of Dodgers fans, and I'm not just I'm not just going after Kevin here, and a little bit of David too, but mostly Kevin. He was like he was ready to to send. I was kind Just of sitting on the fence there. I said I told you I had July first was the day, and what did he do? He started picking it up on June thirtieth. Yes. Okay. I mean, but we were, you know, Kevin was, was ready to, to send. No, no, no. Kevin was ready to send him out to pasture. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and, and Kevin wasn't alone, by the way, there were a lot of Dodgers fans like, you know, Doyers, Dave, he was hard on Turner. A lot of people out there were hard on Turner and guess what? He was not performing. That's, that's for sure. But if there's one thing you got, if, you, if there's one thing, you know, about Justin Turner is that this dude can hit and, and he just, you know, he wasn't, it wasn't, he wasn't showing signs of, of old age when he wasn't hitting, he just was slumping. And so if I felt that he was continuing to slump for the rest of the season, okay. I may be able to be convinced that maybe he's done, but I was like, until that happens, I'm going to hold out hope. And I'm glad that I did because he's tearing the cover off the ball and he deserves to hit in the middle of that order. Yeah, I mean, he's not including tonight. He's 20 for his last 49 with four home runs, 408 average, uh, and an OPS of 1,100. That's the last over little over two weeks. Uh, that is what you call how to save a season in three weeks. I told you at the beginning, 
one of our earliest episodes, I want to say in April or early May, I told you he was going to end the season around 260, and it looks like he's he's well on his way there. Hope so. Glad I'll be glad to be wrong. But, yes, right now you cannot deny Justin Turner is one of the best bats in baseball and couldn't come at a better time because the offense was really slumping hard for a while as a team overall, and that four through six was the worst in baseball. I'm sure in a week or two it won't be anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said at the, the very beginning of the episode, I mean, the reason the Dodgers are winning all these games in a row is because Justin Turner and Bellinger and Muncie are doing something. They were doing nothing. When I say nothing, I mean nothing. It was negative. It was basically it was an automatic nothing. out. They weren't doing nothing. They were actively hurting the team on offense. And now you see these guys contributing, and it's like, oh, this, this baseball winning game business isn't that hard. That's, that's what's happening couple of the prior games against the Rockies, Mitch White took a no-hitter into the sixth inning. You're goddamn right he did. <laughs> I know that one of our listeners wanted uh, David to sh- shove it in my face or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, my, I got my licks from Justin Turner. Now it's time for the Mitch White show. I honestly, I'm not going to shove this in Kevin's face just because I'm just glad people are opening their hearts to Mitch White. Because he is good. He has been good. He is good. And he continues to be good. He is a pitcher. That curveball is disgusting. When he has fastball command, he can miss bats. And he was electric last night. It's that simple. He is not going to be the ace of the staff at any point in his career. But he has the potential to be a long-term number three, number four starter in this rotation. The problem for him is going to be where, where does he fit in with all these other pitchers? If he pitches like that, there's a spot for him on this team. And he's been very good recently. Yes, he had a couple hiccups here and there, but he's still growing as a pitcher. Love Mitch White. Need Mitch White on this team. Here's the thing, though, and I'll point this out. And there was one thing that I kept saying about Tony Gonsolin, which was the consistency. We he Tony Gonsolin, up until this year, pretty much, had not had a consistent rotation spot, either because there were too many other guys in the rotation or he was hurt. Mitch White, similarly, hasn't had that consistency in the rotation. So you give him that spot every fifth day, and he's, and he's showing you what he can do. He mentioned it oh, last year, I think it was, in, in an interview where he said, I'm much more comfortable as a starter. I know the routine. It makes more sense to me. I'll come out of the bullpen if, they, if this team needs me to, but I would rather be a starter. And so you're seeing with, consistent, with a consistent turn in the rotation, Similarly with Tony Gonsolin, which we saw tonight, another terrific outing. These guys are good. They just, they're just they just routine-oriented. Dodgers would end up loading the bases in the bottom of the ninth and score on what ended up being reversed, and now it's a Mookie Betts walk-off fielder choice. They took the single away from him. But this is where it gets a little scary for Mitch White because Ryan Pepio is breathing down his neck. He got the start prior to White the day before because they wanted to give all the other starters a day's extra rest. And Ryan Pepio, he looks ready to be part of this Dodgers rotation. He went five innings. He picked up his first win in the major leagues, only allowed one run. The control was there, only gave up one walk. That was probably the biggest criticism that a lot of people have been throwing towards him was he can't he can't uh, keep guys off the base paths because he's just walking too many guys. Well, he only gave up one walk. And the changeup, 
was as filthy as I'd ever seen Ryan Pepio throw in the big leagues. Kept a lot of hitters off balance, healthy spin on that fastball, 94, 95 miles an hour. So Ryan Pepio, they sent him back down to AAA because they activated Ferguson, but I think he's ready. And Max Muncie homered in that game, scored three runs. That's been probably one of Max Muncie's best games on the season. Any thoughts on Pepio? Yeah, so what I noticed with Pepio is that was the first outing we've seen of him in the majors where he actually just pitched. Before, he was kind of dancing around the plate, kind of nervous, really scared to challenge hitters. Uh, and you saw him yesterday. He just kind of went out there and, and just pitched. And, you know, the, some of the guys, the postgame guys were saying the same thing. I think it was Dontrell Willis uh, who, like, spoke extremely highly of him, said he was basically disappointed in him because he, you know, knows he can go, like – deeper into the game. Uh, but it's encouraging. Nonetheless, I think he's still a little bit, you know, a ways away from being a consistent presence in the rotation. There's a lot of guys ahead of him. He's still got a lot of stuff to fine tune, but definitely an encouraging sight to see. No doubt. Fourth of July had some fireworks. Trace Thompson hit a big three run home run guys. Just been incredible for the Dodgers batting average, over 300 he's got two home runs 960 ops nine rbis what a and, what a redemption story and clutch too i mean just coming up when you know the that three-run homer he hit that was a huge clutch like insurance yes. three-run homer it was off kyle freeland right because they hadn't yes. been hitting him all game and then got exactly. to exactly got to him late on he got to him late and then um there was that that uh, that hit off of Kenley Jansen. It was it was Jansen, right? Yep. Yeah, and you know to to basically you know help blow the save there. Uh, he's just he's just been terrific. He's 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 been everything that you could have asked for, and probably more. I want to recap this Padres series series real quick. Dodgers they they kicked the Padres' ass. These frauds are just should have been four games. I know yeah. it should have been a clean sweep. Thanks, Kimbrel. But what, regardless, M Manny Machado, I know he's playing with a bad foot. He didn't do a darn thing. He struck out like half his at-bats. Eric Hosmer was a non-factor. Jerks and Profar snuck in a couple doubles. Trent Greesom hit like one home run. But other than that, the Dodgers came to play. Justin Turner had a two-home run game off Joe Musgrove. And then that clown in his post-game present, present, uh, conference said – I don't even remember the question, but he not said a threat. He's that, that was where I was getting at. He called Justin Turner. He said, he's not a threat. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Justin Turner proceeds to light the world on fire uh, after that. Yes. And then Will Smith had a home run in there. Um, can't remember if Max, Max Muncie had a home run off yep, Blake Snell. That was a frustrating game. Blake Snell went five innings, had 12 strikeouts. Dodgers rallied against Craig Stammen in the Padres' bad bullpen. Won that game pretty comfortably. But overall, I was at, I was at that game, and the, I believe the Dodgers struck out like 16, 17 times. It was it was just a bad showing offensively, but they were able to squeeze out a win. Yeah, they they tied their season high 17 strikeouts, and the other game I think was 17. against Max Fried and the Braves. But yeah, moral of the story: these two teams aren't even close right now the Dodgers by a mile and they didn't even have Mookie bets for three of those games. I know the Padres didn't have Fernando Tatis Jr., but I don't care. Dodgers made a statement. They're now way ahead in the standings. 
Do we have a final score yet from Padres Giants? Padres one and 10. All right. So your Dodgers are still six games up in the National League West. We mentioned Chris Taylor got placed on the IL. He'll probably be out for a month or so. That injury occurred in the Rocky series. Blake Trinan is scheduled to start throwing a hitters in two weeks. Threw off a bullpen for the first time on 4th of July. Of course. America's reliever. A little extra juice for him. Oh, yeah. Andrew Heaney is expected to go back to rehab. Hopefully he can do more than one start this time when he comes back off the I.L. Come on, Andrew. He's been exceptional. They don't even really need him. You know, they don't even need him. Like, I'd love to see him back, but it's, you know, take your time, bro. Like, we're, we're good. Yeah, don't rush back. I, I mean, I disagree. You can never have enough starting pitchings. And I agree, but good. I mean, Mitch White and if you got Mitch White and Pepio dicking down lineups, then, we, you know, take your time, bro. Like, there's no rush. We're already employing a six-man rotation as it is. Andrew Heaney's just been dominant in his three starts, but definitely needs to stay on the field. That's been his kryptonite so far. And then, yeah, we lost Bruce Argradol. He left the game with right side soreness. So this Dodgers pen is definitely hitting, is taking a hit, but we did have another fan question coming from, all right. We have a couple questions coming from at young Jeremy 18 on Twitter is Evan Phillips, the most underrated pitcher in the bullpen. He's yes. 32.2. He's 32.2 innings pitched, 086 whip, 165 ERA. Common Andrew success on finding him. 100%. Maybe yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's the easiest question of all time. Yeah, I think he might be the most underrated reliever in baseball. I mean, how many, if you, if you asked 100 baseball fans who Evan Phillips was, who aren't Dodgers fans, how many of them would say they know who he is? 20? Yeah. 20, 30. Why don't, you, why don't you just ask the Dodgers fan base? See if they know. Yeah. So if you look at his baseball savant page, also, it just looks like it's the sun. It's just all red. It's just skyrocket 90th percentile in everything except chase rate. That's the only one. Yeah. And, make- and, and also, you know, I know there are a lot of people that are, that are, are on the side of like, well, why don't you just make Evan Phillips the closer? I, I don't think so. I, I think that if you make, like we were saying earlier, if you make Evan Phillips the closer, that means that you are not using Kimbrel. So you're one, you're one reliever down. And it also um, hurts the bridge to the ninth inning. You're taking out your best higher leverage reliever that you could bring in to face the heart of any orders. Sort of like the, he, he's the, he's the Blake Trinan role, right? Exactly. Now. And that's what I was just going to pick up on. So if Blake Trinan comes back and is Blake Trinan and Craig Kimbrell kind of falls off a cliff, you have your, you have your new closer and you have your new Blake Trinan already ready to go. Trinan could slide into the ninth and Evan Phillips can be the Blake Trinan or vice versa. But I'd probably say they would go with Trinan who has closing experience in the past. So the emergence of Evan Phillips has been absolutely massive. He is utterly disgusting uh, and a joy to watch. You guys hit the nail on the head. He is without a doubt the most underrated and probably the best reliever at this point, health-wise, in the Dodgers bullpen. No doubt. Our listener would also like to know, are you making trades right now or are you still waiting till the deadline? I don't really know how to predict that because Andrew Friedman is such a mystery when he pulls off these trades. It's every trade deadline, he seems to make the big move, but – 
Friedman recently addressed the media and said he's not looking to trade his top prospects like he did in years past because I think he's kind of concerned that if he keeps tra trading these guys, he's going to have nobody left in the future. Uh, we had a Heyman report come out today that the Dodgers are showing interest in potentially acquiring the Marlins bat Garrett Cooper, a familiar name because they were actually linked to him a year or two ago in the trade rumor department. Uh, he crushes lefties, plays some first and right field. I don't know if that's necessarily what the Dodgers are going to end up doing because they'd also he can play it. third though, right? I don't think so. I think he can. I think you might be mixing him up with Brian Anderson. I you, could be. You you might be right, but I've only seen him play first and right. But regardless, the the one knock in that report as well was the Dodgers would prefer someone more versatile. Who's his agent? I, I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna check on that, and then we'll see how how valid this John Heyman report is. If it's Scott Boris, there might be smoke. Uh, it's not. It's not Scott Boris, so I wouldn't put too much stock into that. But to answer the question, no, I wouldn't trade for anything right now. I, I don't see an advantage in trading for something right now. Uh, you kind of have an advantage of waiting while you're six games up in the division and playing great baseball to see what guys come back, what you need, if more injuries happen. It's a wait-and-see game. I think they'll add a couple of relievers at some point, but – you know, I, I don't see an advantage to doing it right now. Multiple insiders are also continuing to report that the Dodgers are trying to acquire a starting pitcher, although that seems to be more difficult now, given the fact that Tyler Molly, Kyle Hendricks, and Frankie Montas are all dealing with injuries. So that essentially leaves Luis Castillo as the only big arm out there that's healthy. And I just don't see a way that the Dodgers acquire him because I feel like the Reds, are going to want the moon for him and who, who what, what, they'd have to give up Bobby Miller or Pepio probably. And I don't think Friedman wants to do that. No. And, and the difference between last year and this year is that the Dodgers desperately needed Max Scherzer. Um, you know, I, I feel like Trey Turner was a bonus in that deal, but they desperately needed Max Scherzer with the whole Trevor Bauer thing. Um, uncertainty there with the starting rotation, uh, Kershaw going down all of that. Um, they needed they needed Max Scherzer, and this season they're not desperate for a starter. They are, I mean, and they're not desperate for a reliever either. But the focus has to be on the bullpen. It just has to, um, you know, there's injuries popping up every day. You don't know what's going to happen with that. So to add maybe one or two relievers, I think would be the the most like to have the most priority to do that. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit on all of that. What? Wh where do you see? If you look at this Dodgers team, number one starting rotation in baseball, not enough guys to even put them in the rotation, not enough spots to even give these guys uh, spots in the rotation. Why the hell do we need a starting rotation? You got Bueller potentially coming back. You got Dustin May potentially coming back too. I don't buy it. I'm not in. I'm not. I'm out. I'm out on all starters. Don't need any of them. Could just be the Dodgers playing mind games with the other teams to drive up the bargaining price. We've seen other teams do that in the past. So, well, they have, they have, they have the leverage, which is they're they're operating from a position of strength. They don't they don't desperately need a starter, so they're not going to give up the whole farm system for Luis Castillo. They have the high ground, Anakin. Yes, <laughs> I do think the Dodgers will acquire one reliever and one bat. Obviously, Edwin Rios could come back at some point, but 
it's just Zach McKinstry hasn't been very effective this season. He, he never play. plays. Yeah, he doesn't play. <laughs> but he hasn't been really good in the time he does play. He, he had a like, two-run homer, and then they benched him forever. He's hitting like 167. With like seven at-bats. I'm just saying they're clearly not high on him. Obviously, and defensively, he's not that great either. I don't know what I don't know why they're so low on him, but you could replace McKinstry for at least this season with someone more proven. Uh, Jake Lamb, uh, he's he started off great, but he's kind of slumping recently. Don't know what his future lies, but I just like having him. Me like too. I like having him on the team. And to conclude my thoughts on why the Dodgers probably will look to add a bat is just Hanser Alberto has not been producing on the field. So I feel like the Dodgers are going to capitalize on just finding an extra veteran bat out there because it can't hurt, especially if Taylor is going to miss some extended amount of time. And, you know, it's always good to hedge against your bets in case one of these other big bats for the Dodgers do go down with an injury. We don't want a repeat of last season where we have to depend on like Steven Souza Jr., Luke Rayleigh, Billy McKinney getting playoff at bats for oh, us. That was the worst. That was terrorism to have to watch. Can we, can we never say their names again? <laughs> like Danny Duffy on this podcast? Just ban Oh, him. you did it. <laughs> well, no, I'm the one bringing it. Like, I'm just saying that we don't talk about it. Yes. He's going to pitch for the Dodgers this year. It's oh, going to happen. So naive. All right, Dave Roberts. Yeah, stop, dude. Want to bet? No, no, no. We're not doing this. <laughs> we're not doing this. It's over. I only said it just so we could. I, I shouldn't have said it. It's my fault. Yeah, you really, yeah, you really shouldn't have. All right. The National League team is coming close to being assembled. We got the All-Star game in Los Angeles in about two weeks. I don't know when they announce the All-Stars traditionally, but I wanted to get ahead of the game. I think it's tomorrow, I think. Oh, like the starters? Yeah. Well, the deadline, the deadline to, to, end, to end the voting is tomorrow, I believe. Well, yeah, I would think they'd ima- they'd announce it the same day, no? Yeah. Unless someone demands a recount, you never Stop know. Stop the count. <laughs> Stop the count. All right. I asked you guys to do some research. I don't know if that happened, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> you guys help tag along, and we're going to try to predict the National League All-Star team real quick. So okay. first base, Paul Goldschmidt. Second base, Agree. Jazz Chisholm. Agree. Shortstop. This is a close one. I'm hoping Trey Turner gets the edge. I I hope you're right, but Braves fans traditionally are very good at voting in stuff, so it would not surprise me to be uh, to have Dansby Swanson be that guy. <laughs> Georgia, yeah. Georgia came through in the last election. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's debatable. Right. Third base depends how you look at it. Third base Manny Machado, catcher Wilson Contreras. Outfield, Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, and Jock Peterson. I agree with that, yeah. DH, Bryce Harper, who probably won't be able to play, but for simplicity's sakes, he gets the vote. So there's your starters. Now this is where it gets tougher, the reserves. So if it's not Trey Turner, then Dansby Swanson or vice versa, that's one reserve as your shortstop. Nolan Arenado probably makes it for the Cardinals. He's a lock, yeah. Pete him and Machado are locks for sure. Pete Alonzo most yep. likely gets in for the Mets. The Reds need representation, so I'm going to assume Brandon Drury gets in as an oh, infielder. Is there nobody else they can put in there? Not a starter? He, Castillo? He's been their best, best hitter. Oh, 
Castillo missed a lot of time this season. So Jesus, I think he's their representative. And then outfield wise, Brian Reynolds for the pirates probably will get a spot. Cause we need outfielders as well. Um, and then the Rockies need representation. So I think CJ crone gets Definitely. in. Yep. And then this is a tricky one. The nationals need a rep. And honestly, Josh bell is having a better season than Juan Soto. It'll be Soto though. I think. I don't know. Well, if Bryce Harper can't uh, make it, then it, wouldn't you have Bell be the starting DH? You could do that. You could, or you just make Crone, put Crone in there. Yeah, it's true. And then have Bell as a reserve. Yeah, that's true. So hitters-wise, I think that's all I have. Pitcher. What about, be what, nice. wait, what about Wilson? Oh, I'm, I'm missing one. Okay, I did Catcher. this one. Dal- Dal- Dalton Varshow for the Arizona Diamondbacks plays a hybrid of a catcher outfielder they need representation and unfortunately i think he's their guy oh my god they're just so bad and dalton varshow dude what are we doing what are we doing with this system it's gonna be tough if because i feel like i filled out all the hitters and then if they do need another catcher it's gonna come down to travis darnode and will smith and who knows i mean snicker is the manager so you know it's gonna. It's not gonna be Smith. He's gonna pick his guys, just as Dave Roberts would pick his guys. So, another year of Will Smith getting shafted in the All Star vote. Yeah, it's looking very likely right now. Pitchers, I got Tony Gonsolin, Dodgers, Sandy Alcantara. Alcantara. He's gonna start. Right now, he has the edge for sure. Marlins, Corbin Burns, Brewers, Zach Wheeler, Phillies, Max Fried, Braves. Joe Musgrove, San Diego Padres, Edwin Diaz, reliever Mets, Josh Hader, reliever Brewers. And then I have one open spot and I just gave it to Julio Urias. There's more spots than that. So of the guy, so I gave you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine pitchers. I think they do more than that. They might do more, but what about Tyler Anderson? He's not going to make it. What I'm not he, saying he doesn't what, deserve it, but I was, that's what I was. That was my question. Too many, too many, yeah, too I many mean, other starters. Yeah, I mean it's a nine-inning game, and I just gave. What about you Kershaw? Nine, he, you know, a, it'd be a legacy type of yeah, thing. Exactly, it I would think be like should, a. I think they should start him. I don't think they should start him because I think that would start a bad trend for all the All-Star games to come. I agree because. What happened? I don't know where it is next year, but let's just say hypothetically, Adam Wainwright was still pitching, and it's in St. Louis. Now is Adam Wainwright going to start that All Star game? Exactly. It's just going to get. Why not? That's not fair to the guys that are having the best season. If it's a true All Star game, it should be the best pitcher starting. That's just that's my two cents. I agree. I think we are missing a couple spots, so I think it's going to be more. My take is, who cares? It's it's an exhibition game. And they're, it's not like they're not going to, it's not like Sandy Alcantara is not going to make the team. She's not going to start. Who cares? I also think it's going to be Aaron. It's one inning too. I also think Aaron Nola is going to get the nod over Wheeler uh, from the guys you mentioned. And I also think Carlos Rodon uh, might get in there or Logan Webb, depending, but probably Rodon over Webb. Yeah, Rodon was a, was one that I was on the fence about. He's 
very high up there in war. So I could see him getting in there as well. A lot of these guys are going to end up getting scratched anyways, and they're going to have replacements, but that's yeah. where it gets too messy. But yeah. And I feel like the starter goes two innings. No, typically. Yeah. Usually. Or someone goes two innings. Right. And like one or two guys don't even pitch. Yep. So yeah, I, I don't know if I you said Max in. Freed, right? Yep. Okay. And I got representation from all 15 teams. So we'll see how accurate I am. Things could change, obviously. I can't believe Brandon Drury is, is the best option they have over there. Did you name someone from the Cubs? Contreras. Contreras. Oh, okay. Okay. I also think a possibility uh, Bednar could be the guy over Reynolds and they get some other outfielder from Pittsburgh to have their represent representative. Bednar? Uh maybe i don't know brian, brian, then, brian reynolds is having a nice season though yeah he is yeah. and then maybe merrill kelly from arizona instead of uh, varsho if it's merrill kelly it's so bad he's been he's okay but he's not great is it i mean dalton varsho like come on they're they're oh. about even in the all-star love worthiness scale sure i mean i'm not going to dispute that but at least one's a position player and i don't really want bad pitchers pitching in the here's National a question League all-star game here's a question do do we think that the all-star team needs representation from all 30 teams no absolutely not i mean that's you, a good discussion to have i think i am vehemently against that you know if you don't have someone who's all-star worthy get a better team if you want to be part if you want to participate in the all-star game how about you get better players that's true yeah it's tricky because i think they're trying to appeal to every team to watch the game so you're gonna lose yeah, viewership if you're, yeah if you're if you're you know if your player or your team isn't represented why why care about it i guess i, I know i get it i i think that's a good idea but i don't support it all right I think it's time for idiot of the week. This one, Jake Reiner is going to take control of, but I will read what went down. We're calling out John Ireland this week, who does the show for Mason and Ireland on ESPN 710. And of course announces Laker games in the broadcast. And, and friend of the show, Greg Bergman is the producer of Mason and Ireland. So we had him on a few weeks ago. Anyway, continue. Yes. So just context sake, I guess the angels are sellers at the deadline. Somehow this came up in their discussion where John Ireland proposed a Dodgers angels trade package because that's what the Dodgers need to do trade with the angels because clearly we need to do this type of deal. So he proposed that the Dodgers trade Julio Urias, Tony Gonsolin, Tyler Anderson, Blake Trinan and Trey Turner in exchange for Shohei Otani. And he asks, who says no? Everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take it away. It's, this is your segment today. Literally everyone. Uh, you know, obviously, if you have a chance to get Shohei Otani, you want to listen to that. If the Angels would be willing to give up Shohei Otani, you want to just, you know, see what their asking price is. But this is not a trade package you'd want to do if you're the Dodgers. You're basically saying that you're 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 basically gutting 
the advantage that you currently have, which is starting pitching and you're giving up Trey Turner and you're giving up your, your top starters, your top starting. You, I mean, I get that Otani is both a starter and a hitter. So you gain him as a starting pitcher, but like you're basically, you know, gutting your team for Shohei Otani. And I don't necessarily think that the Dodgers would be better off. I think that they would be worse off. It would make absolutely no sense. It's an asinine trade. Who would be the starting five if they get rid of those guys? That's where I'm going. So Kershaw, Mitch White, Ryan Pepio, Otani. 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 And nobody? Michael Grove. I guess Bueller when he comes back and David Price. He's not back. Dustin May. They're not back. We got to talk about right now. Yeah, exactly. And then also... I guess Gavin Lux is moving to shortstop and Muncie is a full-time second baseman or what are we doing there? (laughs) And then also I guess Evan Phillips is going to pitch the seventh, eighth and ninth of every game. Also, but, but look at it this way. The, the Dodgers are not the, in that trade scenario, if the angels were to look at that, it's like, you're not trading for any like future. You're, you're, you know, it's like, yes, Julio Rios, but like, how good's Tony Gonsolin going to be, you know, and Trey Turner's a uh, free, free agent, agent next year. Uh, you know, Tyler Anderson like, is a free agent next year and Blake Tryon is a free agent the year after that. Right. So you're, you're not trading for the future. You're just, you're, it would be a dumb trade for both teams. It's like a win now trade for the angels, but like also a lose now trade doesn't make any sense at all yeah but if you're yeah yeah and if you're the angels if you're doing you're a win now what do you mean your team is not good so i don't you know i don't there was an attempt made by him today that's that's what it was it was and i think george sedano uh (laughs) commented on that tweet saying that thank god ireland is not a general manager in the matrix the fascination with people trying to trade for the big name always baffles me. I know earlier in the year, people wanted to give up the entire farm system for Juan Soto. Who's not even having that great of a season. Well, which is concerning given he's like 20. Well, I know I've talked about Babbitt a lot this season, but look at Juan Soto's Babbitt compared to the rest of his seasons. He's had some bad luck. He's also a horrible defender. He's average. We don't want average if you're giving up the entire farm. He better be a good fielder. This isn't the NBA where you have to have the best player on the court to win the games. The key to success in MLB is depth, and that's how the Dodgers have been so sustainable. If they were to just go in all in on one of these stars and give up tons of their depth in a year or two, it takes one injury, and they're going to be a shitty team. So no thanks. And Otani's had some injury problems in the past, I think. Tommy John surgery was one thing that haunted him or something with the elbow. So I think it was TJ. So he's not even a guarantee. It's a ridiculous proposal. Yeah. Yeah. Dumb. Final question. Saving the best for last from at catch the blues on Twitter. We're at the halfway mark of the season. Looking at what's transpired so far. What's the biggest miss or incorrect prediction each of you made at the start of the season? We usually save this type of thing towards the end, but Christmas came early. 
I know mine. So I know mine. Uh, it's I picked Walker Bueller to win the Cy Young. Um, I process stupid shit along the way. It's just hard to keep track at this point. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, I, think I also predicted that Walker Bueller would win the Cy Young. So I'm, I'm with you on that. But I will say, Andrew Haney, he's not had two qualities yet. His stats are terrible. This is the only season he's been remotely good. And he's not, he was like, and, and my thing, my thing always with him was, his, was his injury prone. That his, was it, it though? Was it though? Yes. Cause he's never healthy. All right. Well, sometimes technology is not your friend. Unfortunately, my internet crapped out and disconnected me from Jake and David. So just to conclude this podcast episode real quick and to answer the question, probably the thing that I've been most wrong about so far is my predictions on Tyler Anderson. I was very low on him to enter this season. I said he'd have an ERA over 450, and I'm glad to be wrong because he's been absolutely dealing in the first half. He has an ERA in the low threes, piling up a bunch of wins too. So hopefully he keeps that train rolling. And speaking of Tyler Anderson, he's going to be taking on Keegan Thompson in the next game. And then we got Clayton Kershaw against Justin Steele and then Julio Urias against a to-be-announced later starting pitcher for the Cubs. The Dodgers had already swept the Cubs out in Wrigley Field. They have a great chance of sweeping this four-game set as well. Going seven to go against a bad team like the Cubs would be just exceptional. After the Cubs, the Dodgers play their rival and fly out to St. Louis. They got three starting Tuesday against the Cardinals. A wild card rematch. Unfortunately, Chris Taylor won't be there to kind of relive that epic walk-off home run he hit against Alex Reyes, but this will be pretty epic. We got Mitch White against Matt Libator, Tony Gonsolin against Adam Wainwright, who started that wild card game, and then Tyler Anderson against Dakota Hudson. Obviously, things could be moved around, but that's what we have so far on the paper. So that'll be an exciting series. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Please give us a five-star rating if you enjoy this podcast and love listening to our Dodgers content. We just try to bring you the most entertaining and as analytical and great perspective as we can. So hope you guys have a great weekend ahead and let's keep this going. Dodgers have a chance to just keep piling up those wins. And like I said earlier, we're now in the second half of the season. So let's go. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.